So when I record these episodes, when I sit down in this comfy chair and I click on that little red circle to start recording, when I start to do the show, I like to feel a little humor. I like to feel as if laughter is readily available. I like to feel like it might be fun. I like to feel loose. I like to feel funny. Basically, I don't like to feel like I feel right now. It feels way too dark. It feels heavy. It feels sad. And I know I'm certainly not alone. I know a lot of people who are processing the news of what happened in Texas yesterday are feeling hopeless, are feeling pissed off, are feeling angry, are feeling upset right on the heels of a mass shooting in Buffalo, on the heels of another mass shooting in Southern California. I mean, I could go through the litany of mass shootings, but why is it a polarizing topic? To say, I don't like to see kids getting shot at school. Why is there any opposing viewpoint? Like, why would that even be a contentious topic of discussion? How is that not a universal fact that we, the human race, are against gun violence in schools? I'm almost worried to hear a reaction from somebody who would say, well, actually, it's not about gun control. It's not about the lawmakers. It's not about the, everyone who chimes in with, it's not about that. It's not about that. Don't infringe upon their rights. Don't infringe upon their rights, Second Amendment rights. How's there an alternative viewpoint? I don't like seeing stories like this anymore. We can't see stories like this anymore. We have to be done seeing stories like this. Even talking about guns is such a delicate subject delicate territory there are so many perspectives you get people who always are going to feel threatened i need it for protection i need it for hunting i just like to collect them makes me feel like an american okay fine you can go to the shooting range enjoy but the need to own an ar-15 and the fact that they're so readily available We have to see the flaws in this, right? I don't want to do the old preach to the choir episode, but there's got to be a change coming, right? When you hit rock bottom and then you stay there for so long, and when I say you hit rock bottom, I guess I go back to my senior year of high school, 1999, on April 20th, when I put on the TV at my mom's house and I saw the Columbine news unfolding, and I couldn't really process it because I hadn't seen that before. A school shooting, huh? It was so foreign. A school shooting in Colorado, Columbine, April 20th, 1999. And you figured this is a very isolated act of terror. This is appalling. This is atrocious on every level. But you don't view that as now the trend of this country. You don't look at that from Columbine in 1999 and say, here's a trend that's going to create a bunch of copycats a bunch of cowardly politicians who continue to hide, a bunch of discussions of what could be done. Is it mental health? Is it the guns? Is it the people? I mean, there's just so many things you hear. The classic cliche responses of things you hear. Enough of that shit. Let's just all be on the same side for a moment and say kids should not be scared to get shot to death at school. Let's all be on that side. Let's all just be on that side together and not be afraid To express ourselves. I think a lot of people are afraid. I think a lot of people who have any sort of a platform, any platform, are worried about ruffling feathers. So you shy away from this topic. Well, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. 
This shouldn't be a polarizing topic. I understand certain topics are very polarizing. This one? 19 kids are killed in Uvalde, Texas yesterday, two adults. I don't think there's a back and forth anymore. I think there is a fear of becoming desensitized. I think there's a major fear of becoming so numb to all of this that you just lapse back into this feeling of hopelessness of nothing's going to change. I guess this is our world. I guess the human race has failed. Well, that's true. The human race has absolutely failed. But I don't want to be so pessimistic. I still want to say, what well, what about now? How about right now? How about right now? Congress reinvents their entire approach. And would it solve everything? I don't know. But it's worth a shot. Extensive background searches, more readily available mental health resources, even though I see a lot How about free mental health resources for everybody and anybody not making it a challenge to get an appointment with a therapist of any kind. Therapy has been good for me. It could be good for you. It could be good for anyone. We know that therapy can save lives. You could attack the mental health aspect. You can attack the Capitol Hill aspect. You can attack how it's so prevalent in pop culture in America is certainly a country that celebrates guns and our old cowboy movies and our military victories. And in so many video games and rap songs and movies, I get it. I get it. We're a gun toting, happy shooting country, but I don't look at the number 19 yesterday and think 19 kids died. I think all the families died. Those parents are now dead inside forever. This is going to get a little morbid, this style of thinking, but as a parent, I have two kids That's my life. That's the extension of my heartbeat. That's my life on display in front of me. The way you look at your kids, that's your life. If they are killed at school, you die also. I mean, you still get to breathe air. You still get to technically live as your heart is beating, but you don't get a true life anymore. So it's more than 19 kids died. That's a death for all of those families. And I don't have anything new to say. I don't have solutions. I wish I did. I could just encourage people in charge to do what they're supposed to do, things we've all heard. Yes, I agree. Stronger background checks, improving mental health resources around the whole world, not just this country, but there's something unique about this country. There are shootings all over the world, but there's something unique about the numbers, the massive amounts in this country that is remarkably awful. Ugly. This is so fucking ugly. There's even a part of me that's like, what am I doing this for? What am I recording this show for? No one's listening and learning anything new. I just think it's worth putting out there on this mini platform that I'm sick of it. Of course, if you're listening, you're sick of it. Even if your house is flooded with a bunch of guns and you feel the need to protect your rights, fine. But you're still agreeing with me, right? That kids shouldn't be shot at school. And if there's anything we can do, we the human race, we the Americans who should be represented by these officials. By the way, that's all politicians are. They're not supposed to dictate Laws, they're not supposed to dictate regulations and guidelines of society. They're supposed to represent our beliefs, what the majority of us want. The majority of us who show up to vote, they are representatives. That's their name. They're representatives. I don't think they represent us, though. I don't think these senators get together every day and feel like they're truly representing a country. They're representing The shady ass tactics of some big time corporations that'll do anything to remain on top, to remain in a position of power and keep that cash coming in, that cold cash flow coming in no matter what, no matter what. 
Truly, no matter what, no matter what, we can't upset some of these big-time corporations that have their hands in the pockets of lawmakers. Well, then they're not lawmakers. They're just a bunch of empty fucks in suits who get together on Capitol Hill and really do nothing. It's all over social media. People are going to express themselves all over social media. People are going to have the discussions with friends at work. People are going to have the discussions with their kids. Schools are going to have the discussions, giving teachers scripts on what to read. There's going to be more moments of silence. There's going to be more prayers. We're going to just have a lot of that. That's fine, but just expecting change seems a little far-fetched. That's why when I see Steve Kerr right before Game 4, Warriors-Mavs, when I see Steve Kerr at his press conference, let it all hang out. And here's a guy whose dad was killed by gun violence. Steve Kerr, before the Warriors game, pretty much summed it up perfectly. Since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And And a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight. But I want every person here, every person listening to this, to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know. Come on, Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And, the, and 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. Do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. And he had to coach a basketball game. How meaningless. Even though it's a playoff game, they're one win away from the finals. How meaningless must that have felt for Steve Kerr, who clearly cares. And he came with facts. Yes, he came with some emotion, but he came with facts. I would love for this not to be a politicized issue. 
Of course it is. I know I'll be saying naive things like that throughout this episode. I would love if we could all, and I mean all, no matter what side you're on, come together in unison and agree that changes have to be made right now. Steve Kerr, as if I didn't already love the guy, just identifying the problems right there for all the reporters, for everybody to see. And those reporters were thinking, we're going to talk about the game plan. Steve Kerr's like, fuck the game plan. Fuck basketball. This guy's dad was killed. He was the president of American University in Beirut. I remember this story. Way before the Michael Jordan docuseries, I remember hearing this story that Steve Kerr, when he was a freshman at the University of Arizona, had to keep playing basketball. And he even got heckled by opposing fan bases about his dad being killed, being shot and killed. Gun violence took his dad. And now the guy displays enough fearlessness where he's going to say what he wants. And he doesn't care. I love that. There's something liberating about that where he doesn't care. Maybe the Warriors owners wouldn't want that. I don't know. Maybe some of the people putting together his contract would want a little less of that. A little less politics, Steve. Focus on the hoops. That's what we pay you for. He's like, fuck off. There's actually not a lot of that in sports. These guys don't want to ruffle the feathers of the endorsers, of the corporate sponsors, of the owners, the billionaire owners who are funding everything. I was proud. I mean, hey, Always proud to be a Warriors fan, but yesterday, very proud. This now branches off into so many topics. The style of gun, the model of gun being used, how when the Second Amendment was written, guns certainly didn't look the way they do today. Key and Peele did a great skit about that. You know, these AR-15s, an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, if these were the guns being discussed by the founding fathers as they were writing the Second Amendment, they would have been able to predict, yeah, this uh, this is my backfire. Literally, this might backfire. The whole idea behind the amendment is, hey, if our presidents or our politicians start to act like kings, start to act like monarchs, then we, the people, should be strapped and ready to form our own militias to take it down and defend democracy. It's good to understand the Second Amendment before you start preaching, it's my right, it's my fucking right to have an AR-15. Okay. Great. Have it. Own it. Love it. And still defend kids' ability to feel safe at school. Like I said, I don't even view this rant as pointed against anybody but lawmakers who haven't done enough. And the companies producing these guns that love the fact that they are just finding an endless demand. Any market. Dark market, light market. Legal market, underground market, just we like that there's a big demand. So these companies that have the stranglehold all over these fuckface politicians in D.C. are pretty much in control. Who's in control of the system? By the way, this whole system that we talk about, it's delicate. It's a little more delicate than we thought. It's malleable. None of this is set in stone forever. That's what history teaches us. This American empire. Yeah, we're a top dog. We're a strong country. It doesn't just stay that way forever. The demise will clearly be ourselves, right? What will be America's demise? Most people, I don't care who you are, would say, yeah, us, probably ourselves. Certainly capable of another civil war. Oh yeah, we prove that daily. We're capable. 
bottom line when Steve Kerr says, when you watch the news, project that right onto your own life, right onto your own family, your own kids, and everybody you're connected to. And then you realize something has to change. Now, don't just keep scrolling into the next story, into the Johnny Depp trial. Don't just keep scrolling into the next story. Don't become desensitized. Don't just bounce around. He goes, go Dubs. Now we have a basketball game to play. Then I got this show on HBO to watch. And then I'm reading this book. And then I got to stress out. No, no, no. Let's kind of marinate in this one for a moment. Let's not just bounce around topic to topic. When you have these three mass shootings in the last three weeks, perhaps we shouldn't pinball around topic to topic to topic. Let's all just stay on this topic. Even this episode, I want to end it soon because there's so many other things that I had planned to talk about, things that I was hoping I'd have the mindset to discuss, but I don't. There's only one thing on my mind right now, the sadness. And how many of you right now listening, how many of you are parents and you've just scrolled through photos of your kids today? Just to look at them, just to look at those faces. And you've wanted updates from school. Hey, how is it today? Oddly, I've never been scared of it. I'm a high school teacher. I've never actually been scared of it, a school shooting. I think if I was genuinely scared of it, I'd probably find another line of work. But I think a lot of the kids are. And that's a thought I don't have on a daily basis because sometimes I project my life when I was in high school in the late 90s. I project that life onto them. That was a calm time compared to right now. That was a very calm time. The late 90s, if you were a high school teen in the late 90s, it's nothing like it is now. A lot of these kids are so worried on the inside and they know how to conceal it. A lot of them know how to mask it. They're experts at masking it because what kind of teen is really that expressive and wants to talk about it? The classic teen comes home, parents say, how was school? And they go, fine, fine. They would never say, I was worried today because I was reading stories about mass shootings throughout the world and it really made me scared. And I think I need a therapist. I think I really need a meditation app. Teens don't even really have the tools to verbally express themselves. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of them don't, so they just go on because they know it looks good to look strong. Actually, even for adults, it looks good to look strong. But they're not. A lot of them are living in fear for just sitting in a desk, in a classroom, on a campus, which should be a very safe experience. I mean, the worst thing that could happen, I guess, academic stress or drama with some other friends, that's the type of shit they should be worried about. That's fine. Academic stress, drama with teens, okay. This is not the type of stuff they should be worried about. This is like the Say Obvious Things Olympics. I'm about to win the gold medal at the Say Obvious Things About Gun Violence Olympics. Kids should not be getting shot and killed at school. How is that not a universal opinion? I mean, their minds are so young, they can't even wrap around all of the worries. Worry about COVID. Worry about sickness. And now worry about school shootings. Now worry about COVID. Masks, vaccines, COVID, COVID articles, endless COVID articles. And now worry about school shootings, more school shootings, more school shootings. Let's just protect these kids. Jesus. Just protect them. Let's try to understand what they're dealing with. 1995 to 1999, my high school years. No COVID, no real school shootings, like I said, until Columbine that I can remember. Bill Clinton had an affair with an intern, Monica Lewinsky. Was that the hottest, most scintillating story of the four years I went to high school? I mean, what am I forgetting? Just calm, dull, easygoing. I went to campus carefree. Nowadays, there are so many, from kindergarten, probably all the way through college, of worried people. 
if I have a student come up to me and say, I'm not feeling good today, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling anxious, I go, do exactly what you want. Don't worry about my class. That's what I tell them. Try to eliminate all the academic stress. Forget about the homework. Forget about the test. Honestly, I've become that lenient. If I have a kid on the verge of a panic attack, they're just worried and concerned, and I can just see the anxiety, go, get some fresh air. Go. Call mom. Call dad. Go. It's a different year. This is a weird year. This is not a typical year of high school. Are we coddling them? I hope. I mean, maybe not too much. It's a big debate. We still have to instill some values. But for the kids that are finding it difficult, I hope we're making it a little softer. I hope we're softening the experience a little bit and not projecting our adult mentality of, well, when I was in high school, there's no more well when I was in high school. Toughen up. Be strong. Bullshit. They have it tougher than any previous generation. Actually, I don't know. I don't know about that comment. I don't know. Every generation seems like they could play this game. Well, in my day, it was tough. I don't play that game. In my day, it was easy. I guess I'm done with my day. My day's done. I've described my day, whatever generation I am. I don't even know. Z, X, not a boomer. I act like a boomer, but I'm not. Everybody falls into their own generation. Millennial, but mine was easy. Let me just say that. Mine was probably the easiest in American history. That's my claim. That's my claim to fame. I had it easy, and I still worry about a bunch of shit and stress out about a bunch of shit. I don't want to do this episode. I don't like this episode. Episode 186, I don't want it. I don't like the content. I don't like anything about it. It doesn't sound like the other episodes where there's humor, where there's some insight, where there's some societal observations. I mean, maybe this has that, but it's all just this singular topic that's weighing upon all of our minds right now. And it's so some people think it's too sad to even think about. Like they're trying to distract themselves because you understand what happened in Texas is almost too sad to fathom, but it happens all the time and nothing changes. The failure of the human race right there in front of our eyes. It's like we tell kids monsters don't exist. You've all had little kids or heard from little kids when they decipher what's real, what's not. Are dragons real? And we explain, no, dragons aren't really real like they are in your books. Are unicorns real? Eh, Not exactly like they are in your books. What about mermaids and fairies? And they can't decipher what's real and what's not. But what about the word monster? Is that real? Are there monsters? Well, maybe not like the ones in your book, but we do have monsters. We have humans who are monsters. All right, we share the planet with them. How do we eliminate the monsters? How do we make their experience better? This becomes a brain conversation. Why are their brains that way? Why are they so sick? Why are there some people that are so sick? So mentally ill, born that way? Sure, this is the philosophical debate. Or did something in society condition you to be that way? Was there such dysfunction in the home where the early years of your life were so brutally rough and tough that you had to inflict pain on others? You were experiencing so much pain. These people that are able to shoot up public places are experiencing so much pain that the only outlet that they can think about is to bring that pain to others. I don't mean to be playing Freud right now, but... It's a discussion everyone has to have right now. I've been asking friends, hey, what do you think? Resolution, solution, all the gun violence, what do you think? Everyone's up in arms, right? I don't know, but maybe this and this and this. I don't know, but maybe this and this and this. Even Steve Curry's saying extensive background checks. There's a bill that the senators need to just pass through. It already passed through the House. And the reason they're not is because they want the power. And how do they get that power? By answering to the billionaires who own the big companies. It's a game. We all know the game now. It's not like how a hot dog is made behind closed doors and then it tastes so good. First of all, it doesn't taste that good. But politics, we all know how dirty this game is. a dirty game. 
And even now we know it. The politicians know we know it. The way it's being reported is just scattered all over the place, instilling more fear, more conspiracies just floating around because there's so many vehicles to obtain this information. But right now, aren't we in unison? Let me just be overly optimistic. Aren't we in unison right now about something? Like, hey, fellas, isn't it a universal fact that we don't love to be kicked in the balls? Right? I could just say that and move on with my day. Or do I have to hear from 500,000 people who are like, ah, 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 actually, it's my right to be kicked in the nuts and I, I enjoy the feeling. I like the sting. And I go, no, 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 no. Then don't talk. Then don't talk. You're so fucked up in the head. No one needs to hear you. You don't have a seat at the table. If you can't agree that getting kicked in the nuts is a negative thing, it's a negative experience, then just shut the fuck up. Go quietly into your home and just stay off the internet. Stay away from other people. If you have such a messed up criminal mind or just a demented, sick head, you got to stay out of the discussion. We got to have the respectable leaders step up. People with hearts, people with morals, people with any values, any ethics. This is the discussion we get to have. I don't mean to anoint myself as one of them, but I think there's more of us than there are the sick people. There's no end, by the way, to this podcast. There's no end. There's no clever way of wrapping this up. I just go. I just stop and hope that I see a story in the next six months, in the next year, in the next two years where I can look at politicians, where I could look at some national representatives and go, okay, look at that. Look at that. Change is coming. I'll choose to be hopeful. I've been hopeless for a long time, but I'll choose to be hopeful right now in this moment, just so my energy doesn't feel overly negative. It's sad. My energy, very sad. Pretty damn upset. But I'm not going to live out. I'm not just going to keep living so hopeless. I'm not. We can make strides. We can make strides. This is where it becomes a pep talk. Where's the cue card? I need to get out of this episode. I'm done with this. This is 186. That's a lot. That's a lot, but there's going to be more. And I might actually get to some things I meant to talk about, but not today. Today is just about the misery that a lot of us are experiencing when we read the details of this ugly story. One of many ugly stories right now. For me to even say thoughts and prayers Right now, to all the family, sounds so empty and cliche. But really, all my thoughts and many prayers genuinely to these people suffering, and they deserve better. All right, much love.